4: As we roll in everything here, I hope all of you are having a really good Tuesday. And if you're a sports fan, it's hard not to be having, I think, a really good Tuesday because there's so many different things that are happening all of a sudden that are making sports much more likely to be back sooner rather than later, as I have telling, been telling you I believe would happen for some time. Let's start here. Uh, What the status is of the coronavirus in this country is what is driving so many sports leagues to be responding in a proactive and positive fashion. What do I mean by that? Yesterday, we got the second straight day, which has not happened since this outbreak began, of two straight declining days of total new cases since a peak was set. Now... That's going to confuse some people, so let me explain what I mean. There were 35,000 new daily cases on Saturday in the United States of America. Since then, the case numbers have gone down on Sunday, and they have gone down on Monday. We also, over the course of the last week, have effectively hit a plateau in total new cases That is, things are not getting worse. In the state that is the worst, in the entire nation, New York State, the number of hospitalizations has plummeted over the past two days, and the deaths appear to have peaked. We also have gotten a new version of the University of Washington model, and Frankly, they continue to decline to pull down the total number of deaths they anticipate. And before all is said and done, it looks like the, uh, the death rate from the coronavirus nationwide is going to be somewhat similar to the yearly average death from the flu. All of that is right now, based on the data, 100% incontrovertibly true. All of it is positives, given the expectations that were put in place, where some of these models that initially came out were talking about 2 million or more people in the United States dying, even the one that was put out last week that the White House uh, put out as they explained why everything was going to be shut down for the month of April, even that one is going to be, the total uh, damage uh, is going to be a lot lower than that. So, as a result of things turning in a good direction in the coronavirus cases, all of the sports leagues are starting to get aggressive in terms of looking at what their schedules might allow. And there are so many different sports leagues to get to, I'm going to try to hit them all, based on the absolute latest as we sit here on Tuesday morning. First, and this was the first league to really act, it appears that the PGA is is going to be good to go, potentially by mid-June. In the meantime, they have rescheduled all three, everything, the British Open was officially canceled. The other three golf majors are now rescheduled and ready to roll. We have got the PGA Championship that is scheduled to be played in August. We have got the U.S. Open, which is scheduled to be played in September. And what is going to be absolutely wild to see, but should be fascinating as well, the Masters is now scheduled for November. That Masters uh, Sunday in November is the day after the University of Tennessee will play on the road against Georgia. So you want to talk about an unbelievable, unexpected, incredible weekend that is potentially set up there. You could have a Saturday Masters, sorry, a Saturday night, probably Saturday night because CBS carries this game, a Saturday night Tennessee at Georgia game in Athens. If you've ever never been to Athens, Georgia, it's one of the true jewels of the college football landscape. And the next day you could have a Sunday at the Masters. Sunday at the Masters, by the way, happening in the middle of the NFL season as well. That is the PGA, okay? So the PGA coming back as early as mid-June. They have, I believe, the Memorial on schedule for mid-June. That doesn't feel that long away now, okay? Other leagues are rapidly working on their own plans. I want to hit the UFC next because... It just proves that when you have billionaires, they decide to do things uh, as they see fit. Dana White says that he has an island, that it's going to be safe, and that he's going to start having fights soon, as early as April 18th. God bless the UFC. Here is what Dana White had to say to TMZ about his island.
2: I'm a day or two away from securing a private island we're getting the infrastructure put in now so i'm going to start doing the international fights too with international (laughs) fighters because i won't be able to get international fighters all of them into the u.s so i have a private island i'm going to start flying them all into the private island and doing international fights from there so as of april 18th the ufc is back up and running
4: all right so that is dana white who is deciding to go to a private island, the UFC could be back as soon as April 18th and a full go. As if that were not enough, uh, the, uh, let me keep make sure I get everybody. Major League Baseball is talking about getting everybody back together again by May, that's next month, and potentially playing their season in Arizona. The NBA uh, plans for Vegas seem to be progressing and the NHL now is saying that they may well bring back their season and start it up all again in North Dakota. So we have got so many different leagues all of a sudden jumping into the, uh, the sporting arena pool and I told you that this is what was going to happen. As soon as one league decides to come back, everybody else is going to make the same decision now. Also that came out, the NFL, of course, is going to have their draft, which is a little bit over two weeks, 16 days from now. And as part of that uh, on April 23rd, that will be a remote-level NFL draft, but it's going on as scheduled on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the 23rd, the 24th, and the 25th. NFL regular season schedule remains on track as well as uh, the college football schedule right now. If you look at the models, and all of these models have been completely wrong, by the way, and they've been way too negative. I have yet to see a model that has been way too positive. All of them have assumed the worst. But even if you uh, look at the model that assumes the worst, which is uh, right now the one everybody's focused on is the University of Washington model. The University of Washington model effectively has this outbreak over by June 1st. That is, if you look at the curve of, uh, of what exactly is going on, and that might be too early, June 1st. So if you're sitting around, I know a lot of you are, are, are in a rough spot right now, either financially or psychologically or uh, health-wise, there are a lot of you in a rough spot right now. I believe that the data is all showing us that by the end of April, maybe even by next week, things are going to be in so much better of a position that it's going to blow your mind. And that is what the leagues are now recognizing. It's what, frankly, the stock market is now recognizing. The stock market was up 7% yesterday, 1,600 points we need to get people back to work. And we are going to get people back to work. And a big part of getting people back to work is athletes are going to be back to work as well. So there are a lot of different moving parts here. Uh, the seasons in the NBA, Major League Baseball, the UFC, NHL, they may all be without precedent in terms of the way that they are going to, uh, to be set up. But there is all of a sudden... A massive amount of positivity nearly a month after Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus and everything was shut down. Things are moving in a rapid fashion back towards extreme positivity. So if you are out there and you are ready for sports to be back, well, Dana White's got his fight island that's going to be back in about 11 days based on him. They are going to be effectively underway on Saturday the 18th, in his mind. And then from there, you got the NFL draft the next week and Major League Baseball talking about coming back in May. All of this, I told you, would happen in a hurry. And we are now clearly seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I believe that if you really look at the, uh, the football season ahead, I would be very, very surprised if there is not a uh, if there is not a football season that is going to occur in full. And I've been saying this from the get go. I'm not trying to move the ball on you at all. I've been pretty optimistic from the outset, and I believe that everything is coming together in a very, very positive fashion as sports suddenly this week get big discussion points now a lot of people out there and I think this is a big big aspect of uh, of this storyline a lot of people out there are saying okay what if they start back up and somebody tests positive for the coronavirus like Rudy Gobert did a lot of you out there are saying okay well what if that happens the answer is they'll just pull that player out and treat it like the flu You know, the Jordan flu game is one of the most iconic moments of Michael Jordan's career. I haven't ever heard anybody prior to the coronavirus asking the question, oh my God, can you believe all the people that Michael Jordan exposed to the flu in that game? If you, prior to this coronavirus, had a favorite player, a quarterback, let's say, who felt under the weather and he set out a playoff game because he had a fever, people would lose their minds. The history has been that athletes play sick all the time. Well, if you look at the data, the flu is much more dangerous to young people than the coronavirus is. Let me repeat that. If you look at the data, more young people die every single year in the United States of America from the flu than they do from the coronavirus. So if someone gets sick with the coronavirus, what you would do is just pull them out of competition, get them the best doctors imaginable, and allow them to get tested regularly until they are healthy again. The other thing you would do is, and this is something that's going to happen in the larger United States as well, is you're going to antibody test. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about when I say antibody test, I mean, you can test the blood and see whether somebody has had the coronavirus or not. And for instance, we know several athletes and some coaches have had the coronavirus already. Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, at least 10 NBA players Will have had the coronavirus and already gotten over it with no issues. Sean Payton had the coronavirus as an NFL head coach, got over it and had no issues. I think, and a lot of uh, a lot of people out there agree with me. Epidemiologists at Harvard, Stanford, Oxford, the head of medicine for the entire country of Australia. I believe that the infection rate from the coronavirus was at least 10 times the number of people that we have tested that have had the coronavirus. That's actually good because it means the death rate on the coronavirus is a fraction of what people have been doing to count it, which is you don't divide by the number of people that actually have tested positive. You presume that at least 10 times as many people had the coronavirus, most of whom had mild cases and did not uh, end up ever testing positive because they didn't need any treatment. And so the idea that if somebody tests positive for the coronavirus, you're going to have to shut down the league is just laughably absurd if you actually look at the data. We don't shut down leagues when somebody tests positive for the flu. And I don't think we're going to have to shut down the league if somebody tests positive for the coronavirus. You'll just get that person away from the rest of the locker room, get them healthy. Now, we also have 15-minute-ish coronavirus tests now. So you can test players all the time. You can take their temperatures all the time. I believe it's very viable to get these leagues back sooner rather than later, which is why I told you for the last month that I expected for sports to be back in June. June, it might not even take until June if we got the UFC private island and all of the other things that are going to happen in hurry. Again, the most recent model, the one that has been used by the White House, is telling us that if everything continues the way it's going right now, by June 1st, effectively the coronavirus outbreak is over in the United States I think a lot of us are going to be back to work in May uh, sooner rather than later to be able to earn uh, back our paychecks all right I'm going to open up the phone line I'll bring in the crew I'll let you guys weigh in on everything I just hit you with if you have any questions it's a positive morning here On Outkick 877-996-6369 is our phone number questions you might have about the MLB PGA UFC NBA NHL all of whom are now rapidly putting together plans to be back this is Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis
5: people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com 2Pros That's O'ReillyAuto.com 2Pros
1: From BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is
2: going on a road trip I thought in that moment oh my god
1: Hey,
5: it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended
4: We are getting closer and closer to the return of sports. Dana White's private island, Major League Baseball looking into Arizona, the NBA looking into Vegas, and the NHL attempting potentially to try North Dakota as everybody is suddenly in uh, the mood for sports to be back. The PGA now plotting a return in mid-June. We've got the potential of the PGA in August. The uh, PGA Championship would be in August. Then the U.S. Open in September and the Masters in November. So many different events. We might have the busiest summer into the fall season in the history of sports. Got open phone lines 877-996-6369. Let me go ahead and bring in the crew. Danny G, I've been saying June for a long time. I might be wrong. It might even be sooner Uh, Are you surprised that we've seen so many different leagues yesterday come out of the woodwork and start letting their plans of returning leak?
6: Not really, because our show was talking about the timeline yesterday. We've been right on our show a couple of times in the past couple of years. Yeah, once or twice. It seems like we got this one as long as things go smoothly and on course. I'm just curious, though, about the NBA. We had a conversation, a few of us in the studio here yesterday after the show was over, talking about whether or not the NBA would be the one league that's in jeopardy because of comments from players like Ennis Cantor needing time to warm up and, the, and not wanting to be on the court if somebody is diagnosed again, just like Gobert. That's what I'm wondering. I, I get you on the Michael Jordan flu game, but because our country – has been so panicked over the pandemic, it's hard for me to think that they'll just treat it as a flu and pull the player out and leave everybody else. Well, and,
4: that, that's that's about education.
6: Yeah, and I and I, I mean, get you have I to get make
4: that the players but, understand risk and yeah. the fact that you this is a hundred billion percent true. All right, I want everybody to listen to me out there. If you are a young athlete, the hot you know the best shape in the world you are in much more danger from the flu than you are from the coronavirus. This is 100% incontrovertibly true. And so if you would never stop a league over somebody getting a flu or a team having the flu run through their locker room, this happens every year, that there's always a storyline. A lot of times in the NFL, sometimes in college football, oh, there's a big game coming up. And insert team here is dealing with a flu outbreak that has run through the locker room. And most people recover when they get the flu. But every year, tens of thousands of people do not recover. And so if you look at the data, there are far more young people who die of the flu every single year than die of the coronavirus. So this idea that if one athlete tests positive, that you're suddenly going to have to shut down the league is just not true. It isn't supported by any actual data. And, moreover, throughout the course of April, a lot of people are going to be uh, finding out, I believe, and into May, that they've already had the coronavirus and that it uh, was not particularly, uh, particularly even noticeable to them. Remember, Kevin Durant, young, healthy athlete, found out that he had the coronavirus, he would have never known he had it if his entire team had not been tested. He had zero ill effects. It didn't impact him at all. I think there are going to be a lot of Kevin Durant's in this country. I think a lot of you who had a cold or you had a little fever and you didn't feel very well over the past couple of months, I think you're going to go get your antibodies tested and you're going to find out that you had the coronavirus. And there are a lot of epidemiologists who are a lot more intelligent than I am about this at Harvard, at Stanford, at Oxford, the head of, uh, of medicine uh, in the entire country of Australia that believe that 10 times as many people at least have this virus and don't even know that they've had it. Dr. Falkey actually said he thinks 50% of all coronavirus victims are asymptomatic. That means they have it, and they never knew that they actually had it. Half. Half the people walking around, he thinks that's why it's spread. And so, I think the data on this is going to be that it's very prevalent, the coronavirus, but not very deadly. It can be deadly if you have pre-existing conditions. It can be deadly if you're not already healthy or if you're elderly and your immune system is not very strong but I think that is what the data is going to show us uh, as more and more about this coronavirus becomes known and if all these people these Harvard, Stanford, Oxford epidemiologists are correct what we are going to see is the coronavirus is likely to be much more akin to the death rate overall from the flu than it is to some new disease that is infinitely more deadly. That's where all the data is pointing us. Regardless, if you are young, if you are under the age of you know 35, which most athletes are, and you are in great physical condition, the idea that if you get sick, you're going to have to shut down the league is just not supported at all by any doctor of medicine, I don't think, uh, who's, who's comparing it in any way to the flu or to any kind of reality on, uh, on the ground. And I think that's why these leagues are going to be able to come back. Now, in terms of crowds, I think that'll be a, a more difficult decision to make. And I think it's likely that the CDC will advise, even if sports leagues come back, let's say the NFL and uh, the college football are allowing fans to be present for their games, I think it's likely that the CDC will say, hey, if you're elderly or if you have a suppressed immune system, you shouldn't go sit in a stadium with 100,000 people here this fall. You should watch it home on television. I think that's the next iteration we're going to be moving towards is we're going to let most people go back to work and we're going to say, oh, by the way, if you are elderly or you have a suppressed immune system, you should still be practicing Social distancing and be uh, limiting your interaction with the larger community. You sh- certainly shouldn't be showing up in a uh, crowded stadium. So I think that's where we're headed. What do you think, Dub?
3: Well, a couple of things. Yesterday on the show, you asked us, you know, how how we felt about all these things moving forward, and I said I felt very good. And after yesterday's news and into the into today, I feel. Even better than that, 10 times better than that, with all this news coming out. I mean, imagining the Masters in the fall something it's
4: incredible. Yeah. I
3: mean, it is, I'm going to be daydreaming about this for months to come. And Dana White, I mean, is this not the most billionaire move of all time? <laughs> yeah, I'll go get a private a island. So island. Can, I mean, it is unbelievable. God bless Dana White because, I mean, it almost makes me wish that every commissioner of every sports league was just a multi billionaire and he could do stuff like that if they needed to. I mean, imagine. If the NBA commissioner was just some billionaire, if it was just Mark Cuban or somebody like that, he said, okay, we'll just go to some island. I'll build a, I'll build a few gyms and we'll get this thing rolling again. I mean, that would be unbelievable.
4: The great thing about billionaires, and it can also be the worst thing about billionaires, is they're not used to people telling them no. So once you get enough money, you can basically make anything happen in a capitalistic society. And the UFC guys are just like, screw it. We're going to get this thing done. And more power to them. Uh, I, I, you know, this is why I said once the momentum starts to bring sports back, what you saw was, and and this is the analogy that I drew. You know how back in the day, if you're old enough to remember, when we were in the Cold War with uh, with Russia, there was a mutually assured destruction, and everybody was in an arms race, and it didn't matter that you might already have a thousand nuclear weapons; we're going to make a new one. Right, we're going to make a thousand more, and so as a result, we all had enough missiles to like wipe the entire uh, everybody off the earth, you know, a thousand or ten thousand times or whatever the heck it was when we had all these uh, all these missiles ready to fire, and that was called the arms race. Right, you kept adding more uh, technology and more uh, and more armaments in order to try to uh, to to terrify your uh, your opponent. Well, I think we saw the exact opposite in response to sports and the coronavirus. Everybody rushed to put down their arms as fast as they possibly could. Everybody wanted to overreact in terms of the exact opposite. Instead of adding more weapons, everybody was like, what you saw happen was, oh, we're gonna, we're we're not gonna allow everything was less, right? Oh, well, we're not going to allow fans to be present. Oh, we're not going to do... Everything ended up getting shut down in a hurry. And now I think what you're going to see is the opposite. As these leagues kind of stick their heads up and they look around and it's like whack-a-mole, suddenly all these other leagues start popping up too. Well, they're not getting crushed on social media. I think the response to the PGA announcement was really, really positive yesterday. And all these other leagues, like, kind of popped their head up, and they said, wait a minute, the PGA is saying they're going to come back in mid-June, and people aren't killing them. And so the whack-a-mole didn't happen, and all of a sudden, all these other leagues pop their heads back up, and they start leaking all of their plans. And yes, there's still some people, like, spinning around trying to hit them down, like, oh my god, what are you doing?! Think about, think about the danger. You know, like they're shrieking and like curled up in the fetal position and like uh, terrified. But the vast majority of people out there are like, you know what, I can see this making sense. And I think you got to give uh, Donald Trump a little bit of credit here because the first real discussion of the return of sports came when he had his call on Saturday with all of the commissioners of the different sports leagues where basically he was letting them know, hey – I'd like to see you guys working towards getting back into a sense of normalcy. And I think that was the cover that allowed these leagues to start to publicize uh, their decision making. When the president got on the phone with all these leagues, he's basically letting them know, hey, we're basically through the worst of this. You guys can start to think about what coming back might resemble. And I don't think it's a coincidence that come Monday – the PGA says, hey, we're going to have the Masters in November, the U.S. Open in September, the PGA Championship in August, and oh, by the way, we're going to try to come back in mid-June. I think all of that, Dana White's a good friend of the president. I think Fight Island in some way is encouraged by the president who wants to get back to a sense of normalcy. What do you think about all this, Eddie?
2: Well, I haven't changed my stance since yesterday. I told you I wasn't going to get overly excited or optimistic until we got into the J-months. So, I don't I mean this baseball thing seems uh very very optimistic that they could start in May. The Dana White thing is <laughs> pretty uh pretty hilarious i'm very curious to see where exactly this island is and how he's going to pull this off but that's that's interesting but like i said where do we
4: think the island is by the the way that's a good question the
2: report was that i saw yesterday that they were looking to secure a location on the west coast and i was thinking well it's not going to be california it's not going to be washington state where else on the west coast could they be looking are they looking at a hawaiian island a mexican
4: island are there some
6: might be jaw rules island from the festival
4: that's in bahamas though i know Uh, so I I don't know. I mean, it could be, I, I, the West coast makes a little bit more sense because I, the the only reason why I bring that up is I know they fight all over the world in the UFC, but it seems to me like they've had, I I don't know. I mean, maybe that maybe there's let me just take a step back. I have no idea why the West coast would make more sense. I was thinking to myself, I know they've had fights down in Australia, decent amount, right? So maybe it's a little bit more accessible, but if you're going to be on an Island, I don't know that it even matters. I mean, I know the UFC was based in Vegas, so that could make a little bit more sense that it's close to the West Coast. But if you're taking over an island, it's such a big undertaking that I don't know that there is any way to uh, to really kind of think about it. I, I lived, ironically enough, in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So a part of me wondered whether it might be a Caribbean island uh, because a lot of those Caribbean islands are fairly accessible, but there are still... A bunch of them that have hardly any people on them at all, um, and so I could see how you could take over a Caribbean island and uh, and bring in the infrastructure necessary to uh, to put on a big fight in a way maybe that's easier than it would be uh, than it would be elsewhere. But I also know some of the challenge challenges logistically that bring uh, that, that that exist uh, from uh, from Caribbean island. So I I don't know, but that is really pretty ridiculously entertaining.
2: Yeah, I no doubt. I, I like I said, I can't wait to see the details. He says that he's very close on finalizing this and announcing uh the details for everyone. Of course, he's going to be all, all over social media letting us all know about it, but uh no, like I said, I mean, I guess you can conclude that because we are discussing more about teams potentially or leagues potentially coming back that the news is getting better, but like I said, I'm not allowing myself to get too excited until we get into June.
5: near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tire sports to see their hand cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tire, tire rack.com sports tire
4: the way tire buying should be let me bring in Jeff Schwartz. How much film have you been watching, Schwartz?
8: Uh, not much. I, I have very good access to the Pac-12 film because I work for them. So I've been st- doing a lot of that. It's easiest to control. The problem with NFL Game Pass is that the rewind is really bad. It's 10-second rewind and 10-second forward. And for guys who are used to watching film with like a quicker that rewinds and, and forwards, um, you know, he's seamlessly it's kind of tough. So I've been watching the the, the Pac-12 film of good control. I've been throwing on a lot of Herbert film, watching other you know watching other Pac-12 players um, just when I'm bored, really. I mean, I don't know how many people just watch film when I'm bored, but that's what I'm doing. Uh, all
4: right, so the NFL draft is going to be in 17 days, um, and they're, they're going to be having it on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The big story beyond a shadow of a doubt remains what is going to happen with Tua. Where is he going to go? It doesn't, you know, that is by far the number one story. Would you agree that's the number one story by far with the NFL draft?
8: I mean, yes, the first day. I think the other story is just that the kind of rounds five, six, and seven is going to be totally different, I think, than the past. But the public won't really know that. I mean, that's more of like uh NFL Personnel will, will feel how that's different, but I think at the top of the draft, 100% Tua. Because I think there are guys, teams, are not guys, but teams that have Herbert over Tua. We saw Gil Brandt come out, you uh, know, Hall of Fame scout for the Cowboys forever. He's still he's awesome to, to hang out with. Something uh, the Super Bowl, um, he has Herbert above Tua. He just came out with his top 16 players. Um, there are people that have him over, and whether that's because of skill or that's because of the injury concerns. Um, I have a feeling this draft is not going to be as simple after Burrow gets picked as people might think it's going to be. You don't think um, Chase so Young,
4: one hundred percent of the Redskins, is like locked in and and loaded?
8: I, look, I just i i don't think Ron Rivera is going to draft Tua unless unless he would, I mean they signed Kyle Allen to help, in my opinion, to help Haskins out. Um, and I do think that the lack of medicals does hurt. You know, does hurt the idea that you really can't. Get a physical, but I will say I was told that um, unlike scouts that you like talk to a coach about a player, scouts want to see it with their own eyes, right? They want to be there in person and watch the person work out and get a sense of their own eyes. Team doctors will trust other doctors more than scouts trust, basically other coaches to tell them about that player. So, like if the Redskins team doctor calls. I I think I just saw the the hip doctor in Nashville um, cleared to us. So if yeah. the Redskins team doctor calls that doctor and says, "Hey, tell me what's going on," the doctor will be truthful. He'll tell him, "Okay, I think this is this is wrong. This is good. I, this is what I see," and they'll trust that. Now the question becomes: Does the general manager trust what he hears from his team doctor? So I think there's just too much going on. When you can get Chase Young, who will help your pass rush immediately. Uh, Ronald was a defensive guy. They don't have a general manager right now. It just feels too easy to draft Chase Young at number two.
4: Also, if you're not very good and you're the Redskins, there's a pretty good crop of quarterbacks coming out next year. And let's say you, if you let uh, Dwayne Haskins go for year two, and he's as bad as he was in year one, and he was the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. And people out there who want to believe in Dwayne Haskins, yes, he did get somewhat better by the end of the year. But two years is plenty of time, I think. If you're awful after two years and you haven't shown very much uh, improvement, they could give the reins to Kyle Allen part of the year through year two and then make the decision, hey, the Redskins are still a quarterback away, and then make the decision to go back into the draft next year.
8: I, I don't think teams look ahead like that. I think that's kind of a myth that we like to think they do. I I definitely think that you know that scouts and and just, you know personnel are watching Clemson play right and they notice Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think that they draft with the idea of hey we he get someone next year. I'm just I, saying I, if
4: you're if you're not th- th- this to me is an easy balancing act because yes Josh Rosen got kicked to the curb with a brand new coach coming in and they went and got Kyler Murray at Arizona, and that sort of changed the precedent that. If you're a first-round pick, you're going to get at least two years before somebody says, hey, you're not the guy, right? Uh, Now we know it can be as little as one year, but I think Ron Rivera, because Chase Young is there, is probably going to go get Chase Young. So one burrow, two young, and then the drama begins with what happens from three, four, and five. Do the Dolphins have the stones to sit there at five if they really like Tua? Are they worried about somebody else leaping up in front of them? Do they like Justin Herbert just as much and they're trying to be quiet? And so maybe they like Herbert even more. You know, we don't know. uh, But, you know, and and, and look, let's be honest. Ryan Fitzpatrick actually closed out the season decently. I still think the Dolphins are going to go get a young quarterback, but they have Josh Rosen. They've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, they finished five and four in their final nine. It's not like they were a total disaster down the stretch.
8: Well, it depends on how they feel about the quarterbacks. If they feel Herbert or Tua is a, is a franchise guy, they have to take them over to, over Fitzpatrick, who, you know, in stretches of his career has been really good, but has not been able to put it all together, um, you know, throughout, you know, even over. But two I'm years, saying if right, they don't so, think
4: there's that much difference between right. Tua and Herbert, they may not want to spend the the powder, so to speak, in order to have to move up to get their guy of their choice, yeah, or maybe but, they like but. Herbert more. And they're hoping that somebody will trade up and, and take Tua because then they get to take Herbert and they don't have to do anything.
8: Yeah, I mean I think that I I, I think they do like Herbert. Um Think about Herbert. This is the thing that is it's so interesting to me about how we talk about these quarterbacks. So, you know, because Herbert went to Oregon and you know Oregon was really good last season, you know everyone just kind of assumes that Herbert has no room for growth. I mean, everyone you know everyone that, that talks about him is not everyone. I mean, the, the majority of people are like, well, he, he is who he is, guys. You just can't you just can't change him. And I think to myself, what? I, I know that obviously I'm I'm very close to Oregon's program. But he had no pro wide receivers for the last two years. His best weapon was a tight end who got hurt halfway through the season. He plays in a run-first offense, you know, basically the exact opposite of what LSU does with Burrow, that throws the ball all the time. Um, and he, you know, he plays in an offense that is not conducive to his skill set. And just like the idea that he can't get any better, I think teams aren't buying that. It's a weird media thing that we're talking about. You know, Jordan Love, Jordan Love from Utah State. Like, oh, he can get better. Throughout his bad season, he has room for improvement. But Herbert, for some reason, is kind of just a guy that he you see on film. I not think that's wrong. I mean, if you watch him play, there are issues with anticipation. But um, you know, put him in an offense that, tells him like dude you're you're the guy. Like you're not just gonna save us on third down. We can't run the ball two times in a row. Um that that was that was what Herbert was, was like save the offense for us please because, you know, we, we tried to run it and it didn't work. Uh it's it's silly. So I just think that a lot of teams look at Herbert and say, look, we have a guy who he won the award this year for student athlete, like in all of college football. He's extremely bright. I tried to find anyone who would tell me that he wasn't a good leader at Oregon. I tried my hardest, couldn't find anybody. The the the, the whole leadership thing is ridiculous. Um, and a guy who. Barely played high school football, so he's he's kind of a, a still young football player with a cannon of an arm. Great kid. I mean, he's he, a guy that you'd love to have on your team that, that that can grow into something else if you have the right coaching. So I think Herbert would be a steal if you grab him anywhere. I, I just, of course, you can always bust two and Burrow, but the idea that he has no upside to me just it's a really odd, a really odd discussion.
4: All right, so I want to take a step away from the draft for a second here. You played in NFL locker rooms for eight years, I think. How often did somebody get the flu that you guys knew had the flu and was sick, for instance, during a season? like do you remember a year where multiple guys were getting sick where people were like, "Oh, so and so sick, let's stay away from him I'm just kind of curious in the uh, you know in the locker room itself. do you remember any ever being like cognizant of health status?
8: They were just sending the guy home I imagine i mean i I was in eight years. I think I was sent home once, but that was like in the off season. I wasn't feeling good. Um, I mean, you just go to work. Like that's like, the, unless you're infectious, you just like you go to work. I I was in the facility with a, a, I think it's a bacterial infection called called short enough for C diff. Uh, like it's a terrible. Uh, it makes you go to the bathroom a lot. I mean, you just you kind of like play through some things. Um, I don't really remember a big flu outbreak ever um, in the locker room. Guys really didn't talk about guys. He just kind of, like, played through it. It wasn't really a choice. There was no – you don't get to go home. And that's why – it just, it's just not really what – Okay, yeah, so let me, cut, let
4: me cut you off here. You played in the playoffs. If your starting quarterback had the flu and he didn't play in the playoff game, the yeah, locker room would say what?
8: There wouldn't even be – he'd play. There wouldn't even there's be there's no it. It question.
4: A, no. And nobody would be like, oh, that quarterback, he's playing and he's risking infection for everybody else – like it's a hundred percent certain that if a quarterback had the flu he'd get an iv whatever it was he yeah. would play in a playoff game right and I mean, probably a regular jordan season play, game did, too
8: Did michael well, the famous michael jordan yes. game, right? the flu right.
4: game like play through it okay so the reason why i bring that up is what do you think right now the and, and look i've said this and this is important from a data perspective if you are young Not if you're older, because people don't listen well. If you are older and you're elderly and you have a suppressed immune system, the coronavirus may be more deadly to you than the flu. We don't know for sure because we don't know the total number of coronavirus infections and all the data, Okay, but it might be. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you are young and healthy, under 35, like virtually every pro athlete just about is, you are in more danger from the flu. What do you think players are thinking right now, Jeff Schwartz, about the coronavirus from a football perspective? Do you think most guys are worried about it? Do you think most guys are thinking about it? Or, like you mentioned earlier, hey, you're going to play even if you're sick. Do you think most guys are just not that concerned?
8: I don't think guys care. I think they just want to get paid and play football. Uh, they are pretty pumped that there's an no off-season program um, for the older guys. Yeah. I think they're pretty – I would say that they're pretty – I mean, it's not ideal that gyms are closed. I know that there are gyms that are open um, secretly, uh, the private gyms where guys are going to work out. I have buddies who have bought home gyms that have done what they can on their own. They can bring Um, in
4: their personal trainers to work out at home and and stuff like that.
8: that. Yeah, so that, like, to me... And this is why I think that the NFL... I've thought this all along. I've told you, I think the NFL does start on time, mostly because... The numbers show that July should be we should be at least in the clear as far as you know, allowing people to maybe go back to work and, and start up again. But also, NFL players have been working out like they found ways to do it but on the college side. This is why I'm kind of skeptical college starts on time. Honestly, is, be, is none of the players can I mean they can work out at home, but they don't have home gyms. They don't have the discipline, in my opinion, to be regimented enough to eat well and and to work out. I mean the Pac-12. Is not even opening up campuses till June first at the minimum. Oklahoma, I think I saw, is closed till like August first. And and, and and they left some leeway in there for sports to return to you know start working out on campus. But the problem is that guys aren't working out. And so if you say, Hey, okay, every you know, back to normal June first, maybe that's enough time to get guys ready to play for the season. But if it's any later than that, I can really see a scenario where you cut off kind of a non conference schedule and you just play a you know, nine-game conference schedule and go from there. You start like October 1st. I just think it's, it's not really about the, the virus that would delay college football season, in my opinion. It's just guys aren't ready to physically play football, and that leads to injuries. That leads to poor play, and that's my concern more than like the virus keeps college football off the field in September.
4: Do you end up mattering, coaching mattering even more the limited practice reps you're going to get? like How would you assess... As you try to break down, let's pretend that they are going to play in college football, but they obviously didn't have spring practice by and large. Um, The teams didn't. you got a lot of freshmen who are going to show up on campus that haven't been enrolled you know like this is a big deal because there's a lot of midtermers now who show up you know right after christmas and the start of the year and they can start to get in their lift and they can start to get used and acclimated you're going to have theoretically just a ton of freshmen showing up on campus uh who have never been there before how do you assess the preparation and and what would you say in terms of how it might look different um presuming that we're going to have the seasons
8: you know, I, I'm not so worried about spring ball being canceled. I mean, for the most part, coaches know who's going to start, who's going to play. You know, spring ball is just a good evaluation tool, a good, you know, good 15 you know days to get some reps in and work on some stuff. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, like I said, the, the lack of the kind of the off-season program, essentially, where I'll use Oregon, for example. Because Oregon's going to have issues. You know, they have a new quarterback and four new offensive linemen, right? Their defense is going to be fine. And so, you know, throughout, you you can't be throwing out with, with your wide receivers, right? You, you know, the offense alignment can't be kind of bonding, right? They they can't figure out those things which you do from now until you you know you start practice. If the quarterback throws every day with wide receivers. The offense alignment hang out, they they bond, they get closer, um, you know, they work out together. And we're missing all of that. I'm not really concerned about when camp starts. I think that that teams are pretty. Veteran, if you have a veteran team and a, and a good coach, you should be fine. Um, but, you know, Oregon opens up with North Dakota State at home in Ohio State, and we'll have a team that hasn't practiced, that has a new quarterback. I mean, we're the poster child for a team that they could struggle potentially because we just haven't had that time to work. And, and we have a new offensive coordinator, too. Um, so I think that same on the NFL side. Veteran teams, veteran players should be fine. Uh, you know, coaching – it will matter like it always does. I'm not sure it's magnified any more or less. I think it's more about the veteran players you have. I mean, Oregon has a new offensive coordinator. I mean, like they, they can't work with them right now. It's not really it's not Joe's fault. Um, he'll install like he normally does in camp and hope everyone's ready to play. But it's it's going to be tough for a team like that. Um, if you're returning a quarterback, you're returning the system, um, you're returning a bunch of players, you'll be fine. It's the ones that have new players everywhere going to have trouble.
4: Good stuff as always, Jeff Schwartz. We will talk to you next week, my man. All right, take care, bud. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
5: people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com 2Pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com
7: 2Pros. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
5: tire slash sports tire the way tire buying should be
4: petros papadakis you as the prince of darkness are you feeling optimistic this morning uh no, well I've, i'm feeling
0: apologetic i'm sorry you know the worst part was danny called me and my phone rang and i just like turned over and and, and snoozed it well the uh, fact that you get
4: up at five twenty ish uh every tuesday with us is uh is is far you you, you never have to apologize uh but uh but i was concerned i was like oh my god is is this too much optimism now in the world of sports for petros is he yeah, is i can't he face clay Heisman? because
0: dana white's buying a private marlon awesome brando is island yeah i can't face clay because i'm so wrong about all this stuff uh that's not why uh i just i am living in groundhog day and i forgot what day it was but i'll gladly join you tomorrow so you can get the whole 15 minutes of mocking me
4: all right so what you obviously uh the dodgers are the heartbeat of the los angeles sports market when you hear the idea of the dodgers being one of you know 30 teams that would go to phoenix and potentially start the season in may according to an espn report your reaction is what
0: well, first of all, my reaction to all this stuff, just like the Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler are going to do Monday Night Football, uh, it's all trial balloons. You know, the, the and, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but yeah. the leagues use the reporters like Adrian Wojnarowski or Jeff Passan that they trust the most, the yeah. front offices, and they leak out information to the public to see how the public would react to it. I, as you know... I don't like the idea of playing without the fans. I know that a lot of people like the idea. I know people want to have something to watch. They need new media in their homes. I don't like it. I see it for what it is. To me, it's a cash grab for the TV money, the billions that they don't get if they don't play. And there is no love for the hot dog guy, the parking lot guy, you know all the people uh, that work around these events and make their living so to me I'm kinda turned off by the idea but I also understand why uh, people want to get sports up and running again and I look I'm a sports guy I'm not against it but to a certain degree I know why they're doing it it's only for money it's not and, and the thought that we can somehow safely do it like look in a real perfect world I wouldn't be going into work these days right like none of us should be doing anything and if all this stuff is true and we're really supposed to be staying away from each other in that way it wouldn't be responsible to play all these games but I understand that that needs to be weighed out as well I just I find it all very confusing
4: all right so let's say and I do think there's some possibility of this that the Major League Baseball can start in Phoenix. They're going to have to do spring training somewhere, right? Because they stop spring training. They have training. to
0: stretch the pitchers out again.
4: They have to get everybody ready. And so if you've already got basically the Cactus League, which is in location out there in Arizona, and you have what you think is an area, which I think in Arizona is relatively without a huge amount of, uh, of, of breakouts, right, like of outbreaks, and so you're going to train there, you could potentially start the season. My thought is that by July fourth-ish, you could start to play in the stadiums, and then if that went smoothly, then by August you could start to bring back the fans in significant numbers. Because I think as the summer progresses, the the, the same way that this shut down in a hurry, I think Dub said it earlier. Our our nation, and I think the world in general too. We react rapidly in opposite directions, right? And so I think, oh, my God, shut everything down. It happened in a hurry after Rudy Gobert. I think now what you're starting to see is, oh, my God, let's get everything back up and running. And I'm not sure anything is a more perfect example of that than Dana White deciding he's going to get an island and let people fight on it.
0: Which is... Exactly the plot of a hundred movies. <laughs> yes. Uh and you know, the island of Doctor Moreau you think about, you think about that Bruce Lee movie with Kareem on the island. I mean, all of those things, and I'm sure you feel like you're doing a, a victory lap because of all these uh quarantine sports utopias that they are floating out there as
8: ideas. This is what I
4: told, this is what I said three weeks ago and you came on and you just, you, you, you couldn't have, this is maybe the idea that I've ever had that you've ridiculed the most.
8: Well, I
0: still don't, I still don't like the idea because I don't, I don't see it as, as something for people. I see it as something for money, but at the same time, I also have very, very little faith in their ability. If the disease is as I mean, who knows what's happening? I mean, I don't know what's going to happen next. But it, it, I mean, it, it, if they can't keep people in the market healthy, I don't know how they're going to keep a whole sports league in a complex healthy with single men and and young people and you know all that goes along with professional sports. I I, I don't think I mean the, the the thought that you're somehow like a Bond villain in Moonraker and you're going to be able to regulate all these people's behavior is amazing to me but the one thing i hope for is all that this goes away you know i hope we can all get back to what we're doing i'm certainly not the prince of darkness clay i'm just i don't want to be the guy that says it's all coming back and i don't want to be the guy that says it's never coming back i need to be the guy that entertains people while there's nothing going on
4: what do you think speaking of entertaining and you may not have even seen this news because it just came out early this morning so far as i know well, you Ram- just woke me up, so I have not seen okay. anything. So the Rams and the Chargers are going to be a double uh, special on HBO's Hard Knocks this this uh, this off season, assuming oh. that there is a preseason camp. That's going to give you a lot of material. But what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I think that it's a nightmare for Anthony Lynn. He doesn't want those cameras around. It is a probably a dream for Sean McVay yes. because he does. Yeah. Uh, the Rams are in worse shape personnel-wise than the Chargers are, believe it or not. Uh, But the Chargers might have Tua Tagovailoa or Herbert or somebody in there to really feature as a rookie uh, for it. It'll be interesting. You know, they're really trying to sex up the opening of this stadium. But here's the other thing. The people building this stadium are exposed to illness, and they're working like double shifts. Yep. And they're concerned. The people building SoFi Stadium. So... I mean, I guess that they are uh, so essential. It doesn't matter if they gather in groups and build stuff. That's that's the weird thing. Like I drive around in LA, and everybody's supposed to be sheltering in place, but they're still building
4: yeah. skyscrapers
0: oh, and stadiums and all this stuff. So. It's a very confusing thing.
4: It is indeed. Petros, maybe we'll talk to you tomorrow as well. I appreciate you getting up early with us. Uh, this has been OutKick. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Listen to Petros Papadakis' show. It's fantastic. AM 570 LA Sports, the Petros and Money Show. He'll be with you this afternoon. For many of you waking up with me in LA. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Lots of reason for optimism. Be optimistic. Sports are coming back sooner rather than later, buds. See y'all. Oh, oh.